With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Saints are coming. The Saints are coming. The Saints are Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Mark Jardin. Good evening. And Sam Smith. Hola. Craig Devine isn't here. He's uh, currently setting up a coup with his granddad, Eddie. Uh, and I don't know why the other two aren't here. Probably just to help them. Um, but... We'll kick off with, I mean, I mean, everybody would have seen it on Twitter, everybody was, you know, it's all anybody's talking about. Misery Hunters Live was a success. Absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Aye. <clears throat> I, had a, I had a belt to that time. It was good. I did shit myself a wee bit at the start. Uh, yeah. Just when we kind of had the wee, like, the wee, like, 10, 15, I think we were kind of in the chairs for like five, ten minutes, I want to say, just before we actually started, and you're kind of looking up and you're like, Shite, everybody here's actually paid to come and listen to us talk. And I mean, we spent what the best part of three or four weeks after we announced it worrying about how we would fill time, and we ended up not having enough time. Yeah, we kind of went over in slight, slight bits. Aye, but it was even it was if you don't include the bits where we didn't press record on the. There's a lot. The... There was a lot going through my mind, and <laughs> I was just happy to sit and talk and forget and then I looked down and realised I went to see what like, how many minutes had went by and I went oh that still says zero I have not clicked record so at the moment Mark has happily volunteered to edit together a, a live show compilation for that will probably is it going out for everybody or is it just going out for Patreons I think it's just going on the Patreon Patreons it's going to be pretty patreon.com forward slash misery hunters yeah, it'll be whittled down it, it'll be libel free Aye, um, it kind of gets a jail. And yeah, yeah. I mean, no, there wasn't too much libel, I don't think. Um, um, uh, <laughs> I think even with the bits that we forgot to record, and other gaps are still almost two hours worth of of stuff there to to wade through. There was a lot of them. Um, I didn't expect us to, but we ran right up until about ten o'clock. So. Mm-hmm. Um, 
No, I, the same as what you were saying, Sam. I was buzzing about it all week, and then in the the hour between finishing up at the game and heading round to the to the shop, my arse collapsed. I was absolutely terrified. Um, I've spoken to I've spoken to meetings like you know like I worked in recruitment for for a long time and I now work in a job where I have to present to like you know 10, 15 people within our company and and whatever else like I'm, I'm not shy in coming forward and, and speaking but that's the first time I've ever sat down at one end of a room with a, a, you know a, a literal audience of people <laughs> at the other side and before we kind of started talking I, I definitely did get to me a bit more than I, I thought it would but I, th- I think all of us just kind of shook it shook it off and it, it went all yeah. well. I, I was mostly nervous for like sound and stupid things like that and pressing re- record pressing record and um but see when I, I, I sat down and just saw like 30 faces staring back at me I was like oh <laughs> okay this is a bit real and then to be fair when I said like the the first hello you miserable bastards and everyone cheered that that I think that just immediately settled it for me aye it, it can that can be right then as well and then after that you're just kind of doing what we're doing talking shite for a long yeah. period of time and uh, shout out to Billy who done the quiz mm-hmm. he kind of great job not to get a plug in early but um, if you really liked Billy's quiz he will be back in the shop on the 11th of November for our first actual pub quiz so you know you want to join us for that not, not, not just St Mirren themes so it might be like other people who shat in pumpkins being talked about <laughs> will there be questions in his normal pub quiz about former announcers calling me Lurpak oh, oh. that, <laughs> that was I don't, I, he insisted on that being in there, so he wants yeah, actually, to get his signature. He DM'd me before to make sure that I was okay with that, <laughs> and uh, I was absolutely okay with that. <laughs> Aye, I, I was I was delighted when that got included. I, I actually forgot Ross actually said fuck Hamid the Mucci as well. That was a, <laughs> that was a really good one. <clears throat> but, stroll down memory lane, but yeah, but, um, I was much uh, much drunker than I thought I was going to be. So bizarre, hi. Yeah, I, I'm so happy how quickly those kegs went down. Like, um, <laughs> definitely, you're welcome. <laughs> definitely, thank you very much. Uh, but like, <laughs> I had a good go. <laughs> no, but th- th- thanks for everybody who who bought a ticket, came to see us. It really, like we said it on the night, and we'll say it again. Uh, it blows our mind that you're willing to pay to hear us talk shit and then um, actually come and see us live and talk shit. And hopefully, we'll. Do, I mean, I say hopefully, we will do it again. We will. So, thank, thank you, thank have. you very much. I'm sure I said this on the night, but it's made such a difference for going to the football for me. See, going to the football on a Saturday and not, it's not that I don't like the people I go with. They're, they're good people, but I now, without fail, tend to you know say hello and chat to a couple of people on the way in. I chat to a couple of people on the way up to my seat at half time. You know, I'm hugging patrons and <laughs> whatever else and then bumping into other folk on the way back and this just felt like an extension of that. It's just so nice to go somewhere and folk are there and wanting to talk about some money, you know, like before the, you know, there was folk coming in from about twenty minutes before we were supposed to to start, and everyone was just, you know, buying a buying a pint and getting on with it and having a laugh, and folk hung back for for ages afterwards to, to have a chat and talk about, you know, not just some money, but talk about the podcast and where they listened to it and how they listened to it and you know when they started listening to it, it was just so, Aye, it's so just enjoyable. Yeah. I think uh, when me and Craig get the train, uh, we get the train into Glasgow after it, <coughs> and we got on the train. There was uh, two of the boys who were at the live show, but then uh, walking up the stairs was Mikey, nineteen eighty-seven, from the Patreon, who looked at me and Craig 
and mumbled three pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, it probably just me and Craig turned around and just busted laughing because we knew exactly what it meant. I have never, ever seen a guy drunk as that. And I reckon there's a good chance that Mikey still doesn't feel well. So I, 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 I really do hope you stay off it this weekend because uh, that, that is the most drunk I've ever seen a guy in my life. There was there, there was just no sentences. There were just three a couple of words, a couple of words every few minutes, and you would kind of construct the sentence yourself. But ever, it just seemed like everybody had a had a crack night. Mike included, obviously he wasn't there, but uh, everybody everybody that was there seemed to have a brilliant night. I think everybody enjoyed the the prizes as well, which. <clears throat> Again, thanks to everybody that uh, contributed to help us get them in as well. It's really, really appreciated. And I, I need to give a shout out to um, Stuart, who's also on like the the Discord and the the Patreon, who won a sign ball and actually came over and asked us to sign it. It was I, like <laughs> never in my life did I think I'd ever be, someone would be asking f- one for my autograph and two on a football. And I'm like, oh, okay, cheers. So that's, that's I get handed that ball away twice, and the second time was to find Dave Cormack to get him to add his signature <laughs> to it as well. But so you're telling me someone's got like a signed first team ball with our signatures on yeah. it? And do you know what's yeah. great class. about that? Like see when like I've came across I don't know where it came from, I've got a signed Sitmarm shirt from when it was sponsored by Arriva and Chick Young's signatures on it. I hope that one day this ball gets passed along and people are trying to work out what year it was and work all the signatures and then come to Earth and go, these are the ones I can't work out whose they are. Why on the back of this football does it say Dave, age 52? <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I, again, thank you. And um, so, something else you might have just heard there at the start of the podcast. Uh, yeah, that, that was a talk sport jingle. And if you if you happen to miss the announcement, uh, we are now part of the talk sport fan network. Don't worry, nothing's changing. It just kind of helps us a bit. Um, grow essentially it opens us up to a newer audience if TalkSport ever need contributions from St Mirren they come to us um, they're a better, cha- better sort of ad revenue for us we don't need to pay for hosting anymore it was kind of like the, when they pitched it to us they said no risk high reward which I know sets off alarm bells for every scammer so we did go through all the terms and conditions like we, like a, a fine a fine comb and we it did actually seem to work out so uh, despite what some people were asking on Twitter content nothing is changing at all yeah I mean to host the podcast anyway we had to adhere to Acast's mm-hmm. term and conditions and we were subject to their ads all that happens now is that TalkSport used that same platform so we still just use the same mm-hmm. the same guidelines for for content and all the rest of it and it just means that TalkSport decide what the ads are as opposed to as opposed to Acast, so it really, it really doesn't change, change anything from our perspective. No, we, we wouldn't have done it if, uh, if we had to, if we had to change it. We definitely wouldn't have done it. No. I mean, I, I've turned down sponsors before. Um, little bit behind the curtains, I won't name names or anything. But someone wanted to sponsor the podcast, but wanted all the swearing removed. I mean, like it would have been nice to take that money, but uh, like that's just not the podcast. Like. Uh, Is that real swearing or faux swearing? <laughs> it was the faux swearing. I think they told him to fuck off, didn't they? Uh, more or less. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so we 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 pride ourselves in what what our content is. We know what it is and what people listen to. It like we're not going to change out. We are sellouts in a way, but not in the way you think. It will take big big bucks for us to start stop swearing. 
Oh, and and, and, and freaking Talksport aren't going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but we do. We should <clears throat> actually start talking about football, shouldn't we? Me as well. Another one. A good, Another. A good one to talk about as well. And uh, Mark was on comms, so I mean, we've already kind of talked about this in the live show, but we'll come to you again, <laughs> Mark. How do you enjoy your commentary? Yeah, it was good. Um, Craig was. Um, I'm assuming you'll listen at some point. I'm not just blowing smoke up his ass. Craig was an absolute dream to 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 stand beside for that because he, he just kept me absolutely right based on what he'd done the the previous week. I think the way that I mean it was yourself, Jamie, that, that kind of scheduled it and, and organised it the way it's worked so that none of us are doing it for the first time at the same time. Mm-hmm. And everyone's got someone that's done it the previous week's meant that there's always just that wee bit of nose about it. So Craig uh, calmed my nerves <laughs> before uh, before that started and you know even though I'd said I kind of felt like I was the one that was better just mumbling that train of thought thing all the way through and doing the lead stuff and Craig could do what, do what he does and, and pitch in when he's got when he's got something to, to say that I think it, knowing that he was kind of keeping me on the straight and narrow that was a was really helpful and um, aside from having to fill for five minutes when it looked like there was a VAR decision going on but we had no no replay, no, no comment as to what was going on. Having to fill, which I hope went well. I've not listened back to that, but yeah. Um, but yeah, aside from that, it was fairly, um, it was fairly straightforward. You do, you, I mean, you, you guys have both done it. You, you do just kind of get into the rhythm of it after. Right. After a while, you, you kind of forget that you're describing the game. You just go on with it. It's kind of an inner monologue that I think every football fan has anyway. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. you grow up watching football on the TV, and then you go games and all that, and you like as a wee guy, you're probably like, oh, commentator, that'd be a great job. I think we've all commentated on games of FIFA and football manager and all the rest of it. I'm sure it. At some point, Gosh. I was getting um, rinsed for how posh my voice got at times. Apparently, uh, if uh, if you could, that go commentary, I'd go a wee bit Glasgow Uni, according to a few people. <sighs> I mean, I don't know, like, the, there were certain bits when Craig jumped in and he sounded proper chipter. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the goal, uh, one of my friends texted me and said, oh, I couldn't work out who was who. When the goal went in, I was like, are you kidding? Like, Craig sounds like he works on a farm in Gallish <laughs> <laughs> like, at that point. Uh, but, uh, aye. I, 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 can't still think, I, I think the, the commentary when the goals have went in, and in, in the games that we've done has been the best. Like, because <clears throat> I think, <clears throat> fucking hell, uh, looking back to the, the first time we've done it, like the last, I've been back and listened to the last 10, 15 minutes of that game so many times because it's essentially just a compilation of me and Jamie squealing at the ball, <laughs> going close to the goal. But the amount of chances we missed yeah. and then l- listening to the commentary, the, the snippets that's been sent into the, the group chat have been, been hilarious and a lot long may it continue like it's, it's just so much fun to do and it's nice to get good feedback it was nice going on Facebook and obviously seeing that the, the two of you get quite a lot of quite a lot of praise for the Facebook group as well which I mean to get praise for some of the people on there you must be doing something right so must be doing something yeah that, that was unexpected yeah I was kind of I kind of psyched myself up I actually like insisted on abuse during the game and said, "If you're listening, please start abusing me now, and I'll get to it tomorrow." I like how um, there's a, a little signature. I've noticed in every commentary that I've listened to, including like the one me and Sam did, that the the his goal and IPTV crowd get <laughs> in every one, and I'm all for get it. Shamed. 
Yeah. Aye, they, need, they need named and shamed, unfortunately. You wouldn't. No one from the club yet, how they feel about us mentioning that on a weekly basis. Oh, no. I think that's, I think that's why we're getting cancelled uh, after the World Cup. So. Well, that's yeah. the hype we've got. It's interesting to see we're, we're, if the I'm hoping they'll continue. Like, um, we've got the Hibs main marker up at Hibs um, at Easter Road. We're doing that. Then we've not got the Ross County game. So I don't know who's doing that. If that's gone back to some like Gordon Home or something. Well, unfortunately, me, me, James uh, isn't letting us do that one. Uh, aye, and, and be good, be good reason because I'll be. <laughs> about 10 pints deep by the time kickoff rolls around and I think that might actually I think that actually gets banned for the stadium so but then we're back on comms for St Johnston, St. Johnston. which will be Sam and Ross Ross doing his first yep. debut um, and then that's it at the moment there's how many games after that obviously playing Rangers and then just Rangers, so, just Rangers, just Rangers. so we're not on that game either so hopefully after the World Cup depending what changes at board level happen uh, we might get <laughs> We might be allowed on, we might not be, we'll see. Um basically vote for uh, vote for young Stuart and young Jack if you want us to keep doing comments. <laughs> and John White. I think John White. And John White, good guy, good guy. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk a bit more about that later. Um yeah. Do we have to? Well I think we have to. I mean there's people listening just for that, I'm sure. Uh, but we'll get to it, we'll get to um we'll talk about the goals, like um Curtis Main uh, although it was an own goal, it was put down as wasn't yeah. it? Technically, aye. I still, I, do you know, what? I've still not, I, not actually watched any play of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I'm not sure if it was it. Did it come off the post aye. and then? Yeah, Main does really well to get his head to it, um, and heads it past the keeper, and it just glances back off the post, hits the keeper's, is it his, his back, his shoulder? Aye. And then goes into the so it's technically an goal, but it's all main's header. It's not like he's been beaten to the header by the defender or something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it took it really well. The, the play before the goal was just was just phenomenal. Ethan's ball across to Tate, Tate's touch and the the composure to knock it back in a step to put it on his right foot and then whip that cross in. It's all just brilliant. It's just what we try to do at its at its absolute best. I think. That was a, a brilliant goal. Like Ethan does really well to get it out to. Ethan does really well to get it out to Tate originally, and as you said, the the touch is top notch. Like that def- defies belief how good a how good a signing Richard Tate's been. I think for a guy who's so so versatile on both sides, he's just such a handy player to have. And there's, there's plenty of teams in the league that would love to have a guy like that as well, who's you know probably one of the better defenders at the club, but he's a really really useful attacker. Like you said, main main does incredibly well to get up, and I think it might have been McMahon. He bet the kind of sort of the back post, but even to get the the ball goalwards for where he was 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 brilliant. I seen that a few the United fans kind of having a go at the goalkeeper. Like there's plenty of slagger goalkeepers for, but that's it's more unlucky than anything to be honest. Like half the time it would fly straight in, and he's not getting any criticism. Like I don't know what the guy's meant to do. It's hit off the post, and he's in mid air. He can't he can't he duck out the way. And stop it in the back he said it says a lot as well that in a game where Main does that the best bit of his entire game was that touch out of nowhere 30 Aye. yards from goal onto his left foot and hitting the bar that was, that was so silky that was absolutely I, I just about my soul just about left my body doing commentary on that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was absolutely unreal. I, I took a breath and realised I was 100 foot above the stand looking down on myself talking about it. Uh, we, were, we were well on top at that point. I think uh, the Junga had the one that hit the side net as well. And I think it was just really after that. We, I, mean, I wouldn't really say we, we kind of fell away. It was in United actually. We're, we're a wee bit better with the ball. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, it's been like most of the games when teams have played us this year. Like, I they've had the ball, but they've done nothing with it. Like, we're comfortable, aren't we? We're, aye, you, we can see my to accept it. Aye, they don't. We don't look in any danger when they're hitting the ball in the box. And I think Gogic dealt, dealt with him particularly well. I seen. I think it was a guy who said that he should stick to playing midfield because he was basically playing left wing at one point. That never happened <laughs> at any point in the game. You think he was thinking of Dylan Reid? Uh, I could, could, definitely could be. Who didn't Who didn't get on at left wing? But by the way, just in case anybody was anybody wasn't at the game and was wondering. But not to spoil later on. But we're going to have a Patreon chat about left backs after uh, after this. And Dylan need this top of my list. <laughs> uh, he's t- top of mind. Second, only uh, he's only top ahead of Mokamara. So, yeah, obviously. but I I think you're right. Though. I mean, we never really looked in any danger and. Even even the the goal kind of, I think it was probably the first time Watt won a header all day. And don't get me wrong, he done really well for it. The the, flick, the knockdown's good, and you can't really give Stephen Fletcher that amount of space mm-hmm. and just outside the six yard box. But I think as well, I don't know if it was maybe just a wee bit of the position for Gogic wasn't really perfect on Fletcher. He could have probably been a wee bit tighter. Like do you think maybe if Gallagher's in there? Yeah, I think I think with like Gogic putting him in defence like you've got to remember that he is a midfielder and despite what that guy was saying it would be better for Gogic to play in a midfield role and we'll probably see that after January no doubt um, but like there's that difference when you're play- when you're covering centre back you can do it like when it's not your natural position stuff like that tends to happen where it's just these g- gives these man a, a bit too much space I think <coughs> um, generally Generally speaking, in a three, Gogic is is fine. He's got he's got guys next to him that if Gogic wants to be the one that's been a ball player, he can he can do that. And he's got guys that will kind of fill in behind and do the ugly stuff. Generally, he's, he's absolutely fine for that. I think it was just in this one instance, you just need someone who's maybe just a bit more of a natural centre half to follow the flight of that ball and stick to the stick to their man. I think um, I think Gallagher. And, and to be fair, I'm, I'm not arguing for him to get back in the team at this point. As much as I like him, because I, you know, I think Robinson's fair enough in his selection, but I don't necessarily think Shaughnessy would have been caught out by that either. He's, he's kind of it's more naturally his game, um, but it, but it is what it is. Like it's, you know, you, you risk and reward. Mm-hmm. You, you get things for putting Gogic in that position, having him carry the ball out, and having him do what he does just as much as you as you lose things. So it, it all balances out. I think Aye, apart from that, he had a, he had a good game. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he never, absolutely. He, he never put a foot wrong. So. I think, I mean, we say it a lot, it's almost becoming a catchphrase, but teams of like, of past Saints, heads would have went down after that equaliser and, you know, like, back sense the wall and you can clearly see that this team isn't like that, that they, they don't put their heads down, they'll constantly go and try and get back into the game and they almost did, like, it was literally, what, three minutes later with, with the ball in the back of the net thanks to Ayunga and um, good bat play by uh, Bacchus to hold off his man but unfortunately despite it being like a, a minute and a half or whatever it was which shouldn't have been looked at it was looked at by VAR mm. and they disallowed it so it's the, the two annoying things about that was it was longer than it should have been for it to be looked at and 
um, it wasn't a foul. No, it wasn't a foul, but and I understand the attacking phase of play, but Bacchus does that and then cuts back into our half mm-hmm. and turns around again and then starts another, you know, kind of another attack from there. I just, I just don't think it applies. I, it, we shouldn't have, VAR's been live for, you know, what, two years in England at this point? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's been live in other countries, it's been live in the Champions League longer than that. I don't really buy a lot of the teething arguments. You know, we should have watched enough by now to know to know what to, to do. But I, th- I think if you're going to make an argument for that, then it probably does apply to some extent here. I don't necessarily think that decision is getting given again next year. I think I think it'll be given again next week. Like, yeah. I think that is honestly the worst decision we'll have go against us all season. And it was the first of a decision given by this curo that's supposed to stop bad decisions being made. It's a bit, um, a bit mind-boggling, but you know, can't be helped, I guess. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, and, uh, I'll be eternally chuffed that <clears> when uh, when Greaves' winner went in, that I managed to get the line short of Izzy's bitch being slapped by Keanu Bacchus. That one will stand. That <laughs> 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 was good fun. I mean, Alex Greaves, like, um, what? It was a great header. I have to say. Yeah, just so much endeavour to get to that. You know, I think he's moving away from goal. He's kind of looking back and sends it to really the only place that he could send a header like that and it's going to get past everyone. Mm. It was just perfect. It's just such a natural penalty box striker. I just if, if he's coming on for the last 20 minutes, half an hour every game this season, I'm not going to be disappointed. No, I think there's comments over whether he's too light for the league and I think against some teams he can be. But like his goal return from what you ask for him to do, uh, like you can't argue with that. And we had a little chat about this on the live show where we were talking about like the future of Eamon Brophy. And the outcome was that Grieve does everything you want Brophy to do, but for I think Mark said for for a bag of Mars bars. Um, That's maybe not the most fair thing I've ever said. But like, well, he's 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 going to be a lot cheaper than Brophy in a and. If he's one of the people that leave in January, I don't think we're going to be too upset if it's Eamon Brophy that goes to free up um, the overspend and, and the wages and whatever to which we need to do. So I think I think I think Greaves already stepped into that role that you assumed when when it was clear that Brophy wasn't going to start. Mm-hmm. You thought he was the guy that was going to be half an hour on and be the one that was getting his goals against tired defenses, and Greaves already overtaken him and taken up that third striker role. And at this point. You know, we've spoken enough about Brophy. I, I, I don't dislike him at all. I think he's a very talented striker, but I don't think it's worked. And I think we pay him probably way too much to mm-hmm. to be a fourth option. Um, I don't think that our squad's that much weaker if we do manage to move Brophy on. And you've got you know a Kieran Offord as your fourth striker behind mm-hmm. behind Alex Greaves. You've potentially even got Greg Kilty as that kind of option to, to work alongside someone I don't think we're going to suffer that much have you even got Joe Shaughnessy I don't know that why we've not played him up front yet Joey Shags but like um, I think someone mentioned at the live show as well that Kilmarnock would be the ideal team for him to go back to try and relive that spark where he obviously had like the the peak of his career and if he's got like um, fucking Jordan Jones there as well, like get try to get the gang back together. I mean, it will completely fail. It will completely fail. 
Um, but it'll be glorious Aye. to see. And I, and I'm, I look forward to the strengthening our rivals um, chat <laughs> that will appear despite us being 20 points clear of them or whatever. I, I really I really don't know what sort of level <clears throat> uh, Brophy's going to rock up at, to be honest. It's Honestly, career, career tra- tra- uh, trajectory, he'll go to Kilmarnock, he'll sign a, a year a year and a half deal, it's not going to work, and he'll be back at Hamilton where he started. I, I honestly can't see another Premiership team taking a punt on him. Not not for the not for the money that he's on. Mm-hmm. It's not for the money he's on. It's at Mirren anyway. I think there was obviously rumours that he was he was going to move abroad in the summer, and that was fairly close to being completed. But I think it's probably going to be something like that if he goes to like a Austria or a Cyprus or something. Like that. I think that's probably the most Follow, the most following Lee Irwin's footsteps in Finland yeah, he's, he's worked out for him so we've said this about others Brophy's the kind of guy I could imagine see if you sent him out to like the MLS mm. I, I, I think you take him out the kind of goldfish bowl and I he gets not. more chances and more time on the ball like because if he scores 20 goals in the MLS or even close <laughs> to 10 we're going to have to listen to like the Scots abroad, abroad. And talking um, about him getting him in the Scotland squad and all this shit yeah, but no. I think if, if Brophy does get the chance to go across there and does that, it will put into context everything that Oddball said about Ryan Gold for the last <laughs> 18 Aye. months. About as, as, how, uh, yeah. as well as the fact that Chris Muller's one of the best players in the league. <laughs> and the boy couldn't kick his own arse when he was over at Hibs. So. Bradley Wright Phillips is like, broke all the goals. Aye, the, be, the, best, the best striker ever. In the Hall of Fame, man. Aye, which, uh, that, that's embarrassing. <laughs> But, uh, but Stuart Finlay couldn't get a game. Aye. Ah. <laughs> uh, looking towards uh, the weekend, we've got Hibs away. Easter Road's one of these places where I always think that we we do quite well at, and then we go off and we don't win. <laughs> it seems like one of those places that we, <clears throat> we normally do well at, and then you look at the record and it's just not there. Uh, it's, to be fair, I actually don't think we've got the worst record there. Like I, th- I think a lot of the games tend to kind of be tend to be draws. I think we obviously went through the. I think when we were in the championship, we only drew there once. We won in a cup game. Uh, since we came back up to top flight, I think I, I honestly think we've only lost maybe two or three times at Easter Road since we've come back up. I need to look at it. I mean, I'll have that stat ready for commentary and Saturday. Most of, most of the games have been draws. So again, listen, I'm, I'm saying it every week. It's a, a game that's definitely going to suit us. Lee Johnson wants to get his teams playing in the front foot. He'll want the team to hold the ball and that suits us. Like that, that suits him in Eti. A Hibs fan I know texted me yesterday and said it's either going to be one 0 to you or four 0 to us. And I that's that's just riled me right up for wading into the Lions down there and winning you know three nil. I just don't see Hibs scoring four goals against anyone, I don't get it. No, uh, no. neither do I I <laughs> I mean, I was going to say they did just get beat at home at St Johnston. We got beat three 0 against St Johnston, so uh, I think we can slag anybody for That's that. That's the only thing. Our away record isn't great. We've only won at Paradise, so I, I think we we we've been really fortunate this season that we've had. Obviously, the Hearts game got got postponed for for the old the lizard dying, and uh, I think we I think am I right in saying we've played what six home games out of eleven? No, seven. seven. Seven, played home seven home games, but but you look but at our record last year, and our own was it forty, was it twenty twenty something of our forty two points were away. Aye, it, aye. Like, so I, I I I take what you're saying, but 
I don't think it necessarily means that our runs better this year. It just means we're better at home than we have been. Mm-hmm. Aye, I, 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 I just don't think we've had the we've just not had the chance to really. I mean, I, you think of the away games this year. I like, know we what, have had unfortunate ones with sending offs and penalties and. We had that we had that game against Rangers, which Rangers, no matter how bad we we geo does, when they're at it, they're a very good team. They're a team that go to Europa League final. We get battered by them, and that's that's yeah, fine. Croatian that. international striker that usually gets fed passes by Luka Modric. Who's going to go to the World Cup? Aye, start. Like, yeah. Aye, like I mean Aberdeen, you're playing against. Listen, Jim Goodwin's a dick. We we all think that, but he's set up a team at home that scores plenty of goals. I think that. They're one of the, I think they're the highest scoring team at home in the division. We went down to ten men fairly early that day. Just, I mean, in the first twenty minutes, we looked we looked more than capable mm-hmm. of getting up there and causing an upset. That goes against you. St Johnston, we just did a total off day. So, like, I just, I just, I think we'll, I think we'll be absolutely fine to be honest. Yeah, I'm quietly, quietly confident of what we can go to Easter Road and, and do. I think we're better set up to go and play games like that. This year than we have been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Aye, I think I think as well. Hibs, Hibs have got their got their flaws. They've got their weaknesses, and I think Ryan Portis does tend to struggle against bigger guys as well. So he's got the mm-hmm. he's got the mm-hmm. handiest strike force in the league. Going up against him, a guy who I actually went back after the I can't think it was Nick McNamara put on Twitter saying that we'd have a a young man leading the line against the Taliban, <laughs> which. I mean, isn't it really far wrong? To be fair, so. Ryan Portis has still got nightmares of Maine and Ayunga, and he will not sleep the night before. So, Maine absolutely pocketing um, Portis in that in that game, or was it Ayunga that decked him on the way back to the Ayunga decked him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maine decked him as well with a shoulder bar. Because it was quite funny. I think one of the tactics I think we pointed out that Portis was trying to wind up Maine. I think it was to find someone to lash out at him kind of thing, to pick up a book and to pick up this and it just wasn't working like, it, Main was right at the ref each time saying, look, you can see what he's doing and um, I'm totally confident in our strike force to keep their cool and not be annoyed by him and just because, I mean he'll bounce off him every time So, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident we'll go there and get a result Again, like we'll sit and we'll concede most of the possession. We'll probably have about thirty-seven percent possession again. I don't really care. Like we're we're entertaining to watch now, and it's what we do when we're on the ball that counts. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not really stressed about going and conceding possession to a team like Cubs. We're ambitious on the on the break. I think as much as we let other teams have possession. We, we then go for it. I remember, you know, there's all this stuff about Neil Lennon Celtic against Barcelona and you know, 20% possession and anti-football and all the rest of it. But actually, watching that game at the time, Barcelona had all the ball, but every time Celtic had a chance, they, 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 they committed men forward. Do you mean that's how they got their their goals? And I, I feel like a lot of what we do this year is like that. It, it was so evident at the weekend against United, particularly after the goal. That You know, there was that chance right after we scored where you've got, is it Hara carrying the ball over the, the midfield? And you've got, Ayunga making a breakthrough, you've got Yate Main making a breakthrough. I'm pretty sure Strange try to keep up with out and Tate's falling in. So, you know, we'll give away possession, but if we continue to be that ambitious on the break and to, to commit numbers to it, we'll score goals. I, I don't <coughs> have much fear of that at all. Aye. We go, we go forward with a purpose. 
Yeah. You know, we're not just we're not just counter attacking by two guys up the wing, one guy making a run through the middle and one floating about an empty space like Lauren did last year, which fine, right, listen, it might work one or two times, but we're just so much better coached now. We're far better coached than we were before, but mm-hmm. everyone buying into the game plan and it's working, working most weeks and I'd love to see us pick up three points and kind of squash any calls that people say we're just a good team at home rather than a, a team that's good both home and away. I mean, a draw wouldn't be a bad result either. Like, no. Let's be honest, Like, I think if we all said if you're going to pick up four points at your first two games, eh, out the five lead into the World Cup, you'd probably be happy with that. But no, nah, I'd, I'd take minimum a point, but we've definitely got no reason why we... We should fear going there and winning. I mean, Kyle McGuinness is out again, but uh, through suspension sure. and not injury. I mean, uh, I don't know some, if he's been injured during the suspension. But, there was some return for the boy, Wonder. <laughs> but, a uh, bad challenge. That. Uh, I, think, I, think I'll, I think I'll joke aside. Like, McGuinness is a pretty useful player. Like Managers wouldn't keep him about at Hibs if he was there. If he could stay ah. fit, I think he'd be playing at a, a higher, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, higher I, I, level. I was so excited about him when he came through it. So, I, I mean, I know we've, we've joked and, and all the rest of it, but he did look as if he was going to be the one when he came through here. And uh, he, he, he took he, a couple he, of really unfortunate injuries. I think in his time, he was obviously in the end, he was a wee bit overrated. I think it was one of the, it kind of had the Eduardo effect that he had at Arsenal that I think the longer he was out, the better a player he was becoming. You don't you don't play for Hibs eh, if you're if you're a bad football player to be honest and aye it was a, a daft tackle I don't know why he's, I don't know why he's dived in like that the way he did I think he, as soon as he done it as well he stood, yeah. stood back up looked straight at the referee and knew it was coming so but again I, I don't know I think Jake Doyle Hayes is is back fit so hopefully he plays he's he's been quite can good we, for can we dialing one in against us yeah. is Gallagher um, back from is he expected to be fit or uh, I think so. I remember some when I was waiting and used to coming out at the end of the game last week. Some wee guy asked Scott Tanzer if uh, he would be back next week. And I think, bear in mind, I was about five pints deep at this point and just kind of sobering up <laughs> and gasping for another drink. I'm pretty sure they said both of them were going to be back next week. So, aye. But I, I mean, I would, I would bring Gallagher back and I definitely wouldn't bring Tanzer in. I thought Tate had a stormer last week and I probably trust Tate a wee bit more up against Boyle. Than about Tanza, so. Big, uh, just remember this here. Sorry, when we were walking back out to the front entrance, so down the mat, down the tunnel, and into the the bit between the change rooms to get to the the front entrance. Uh, Jamie McGrath was there catching up with a couple of the the St. Martin players, and uh, an unnamed St. Martin employee went shaga <laughs> <laughs> all the way down the tunnel and gave Jamie McGrath a big hug. It was good to see. Um, well, before before we move on to other topics, the Northern Ireland job, Stephen Robinson's currently odds-on favourite, one one to two. Um, should we be worried, or is this just because like he's probably the most successful Northern Ireland manager at the moment, or Northern Irish manager, so that's where it's, the money's going? Is it the money that's moving the markets, or is there intel that we don't know that other people do? So, having a little bit of time spent behind the curtain in the gambling industry... It is hundred percent the money that's moving the market. The, the 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 odds are not based on probability; it's based on where the money is. Particularly in manager markets, the margin is so slight that it really, honestly, someone could put a couple hundred quid on Stephen Robinson, and that would move the price. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's that's the kind of 
particularly for a market like this, that's the kind of shift that you're it would take in order to move that. So one to two, I don't think necessarily means that it's on. You know, if it dropped right down, if you're talking like one to six or or one to three even, then uh, you would assume that there's a fair bit behind that. One to two, I think probably just means here's where the he's where the, the kind of interested money's going and they've had to drop the price mm-hmm. accordingly. That's not to say it won't go and that people aren't betting because they think it's going to happen. It's just I wouldn't read too much into the price for now. If it drops any lower, then maybe there's some, some science to that. But for now, it'll just be someone with too much money putting a bet on it. I don't I, I don't, I don't think he'll go, to be honest. I think, uh, I mean, what age is Robinson? Robinson's, what, I think he's 45, isn't he? Okay, he's he's relatively young in terms of being an international manager, but it kind of depends what you look at it. I think Robinson said before when he left when he left Motherwell, he thought that a third place finish with Motherwell would get him a better job down in England, but it got my yeah. job at Morecambe. So I don't know if you maybe look at look at Michael O'Neill. Michael O'Neill obviously got a, a pretty big job after the Northern Ireland job. He went to Stoke, like. I think everybody will obviously joke about the standard of the football in the championship, but Stoke, Stoke's a pretty big job. They're a big club with like big backing and a large fan base and he, he got that job. So I don't know if maybe Robinson will see it if he goes and he goes and does well for Northern Ireland he, he might get a better job off the back of it. But I think if he's going to look to his future he's he's got a better chance, I think with us. I think at international level. I think Robinson's a coach who definitely benefits from getting his own players in and coaching them constantly and drilling a system at them. You don't really get the time to do that at international level. Your squad's constantly changing. I don't I don't see him taking it, to be honest. And I think as well, I am not an Irish football internationally is in a pretty bad way. I think they just get relegated into the bottom Nations League. So now they're going to be kicking about with Diddy's like the Faroe Islands and stuff like that. So... Maybe that, that might be enticing for him because he knows he'll get a few wins. I know. Well, you know, he doesn't like playing teams like that. In, uh, no, in well, I, no, he definitely doesn't. But I, I think we just need to see what happens. I'm no, I'm not overly worried. I think they'll go with. I think they'll go with Michael O'Neill. To be honest, I think it's, if he wants it, he'll get it. And I think other than that, yeah. probably Neil Lennon is a, oh, a that, good show. I think you'll learn it as if Robinson goes. So. <laughs> for what it's worth with Robinson, I think he would be a very effective manager for that level of international football. In the same way that Michael O'Neill was and mm-hmm. you know, like you know, like even going back to like Laurie Sanchez and, and that before him, he's just a very pragmatic manager. He's not scared to just be very, very structured and set up and put players in to suit the way he wants to play as opposed to maybe the more fashionable choice I think that's the type of manager that probably does scrape international results so I can understand the attraction I, I wouldn't be shocked to see it happen I, I don't think it will I think he'll stay but I think he'd be a good appointment for them I think when I mean, you've had a couple of years of Barraclough you know Stephen Robinson's got to look like a bit of an attractive proposition so he's had previous as well it was on Michael O'Neill's backroom team as well, so yeah, uh, he's he's definitely I think he's definitely thought of by the guys at the, the FIA. So we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I hope he doesn't. Nah, I, I really hope he stays because I really do not trust us to get it right halfway through the season. It's Kevin Thompson, isn't it? It's oh, hundred percent. Especially the 
not not especially if someone finds their way back on the board so anyway we will be back after this hi i'm alex grieve and you're listening to misery hunters cheers alex um i, I guess this is why most people are listening uh, I, I don't think we'll spend too much time on it but like um no obviously the the smize elections are up we've all kind of made clear who we're backing um you know with the misery hunter agenda um, Stuart Chalk, the Vendetta, the, ven- oh, James, sorry, the Vendetta. Wait, no, I hey, think someone forget. said we had an agenda as well. And don't forget, we've got a massive influence apparently, which, which we can abuse. I'll get this one out the way straight away. If you are influenced by any of us morons, then that says more about the person <laughs> listening to and getting influenced by us. We are influencers of no sort. I was talking to someone about the podcast yesterday and about just that kind of general kind of thing and I said you know what we are doing is the exact same thing that you're doing in the pub the difference is that we're pressing record mm-hmm. and then sticking it yeah. out and oh, don't Spotify encourage a podcast Jesus no I'm, I'm absolutely not encouraging it please for the love of God no one step in on what we're doing here um, <laughs> but no I, I just mean that like if, you, if you're taking you know if you're taking your guidance and your lessons from us then God help you mm-hmm. But uh, we, uh, we've made it clear who we were backing, Stuart Shock, Jack uh, McSkeen and John White. Like, um, I think that, I think we've all said that just a, a sort of different approach, especially with the two younger guys, like having a bit more youth on and uh, in, in that environment can only be a good thing and, you know, have a bit more uh, foresightedness, essentially, with like club decisions, smiser decisions. I think that that would be, and it's great to get people not only young guys, but like they know what they're talking about and stuff like that. Like, one of a lost student, are they not? Like, uh, having a bit of influence on the board is hundred percent, or well, the Smizer board um, would be a great thing. Like, um, it'll encourage younger, mm-hmm. it'll encourage younger people to sign up as well if they see that there's maybe a route into a position on the on the on the Smizer board. They might think about pain into this it might think about starting up a subscription and think no I might actually get something mm-hmm. out of this maybe we contribute positively to the club so I think it's important that I'd, I'd rather both of them got in but mm-hmm. at least one of them gets in and shows that there is actually a route for younger members to get in and mm-hmm. have their say and uh, jo- John White as well like um, he's been a- SLO and like really nice guy uh, and uh, having a supporter liaison there you know someone who a fan advocate, yeah, like, essentially like, fan advocate, and a and a fan owned or a club like it would be a great thing. It makes sense, but I mean, both. I mean, I, I've not spoken to the newest. Is it Karen Poynton that's the newest edition? Um, yeah, I've, yeah. I've not. Um, I've not had cause to, to speak to her, but I've, you know, I've, I've, I've had very brief chats with both of the other SLOs, and, and was sitting with not John White, John Allison at the the Player of the Year dinner. And, you know, it's a bit of a, a bit of a thankless task, similar in a lot of ways to what Smizer asked to to step up and do, and, and both both of those guys, I think, put a, a hell of a lot of effort into making sure that you know the the concerns, which maybe aren't the most fashionable ones to address, are getting listened to and are getting looked at. And you know, they're not going to solve everything, but I don't I don't know that anyone is, and I think they give it a right good a right good go. And <coughs> I would absolutely back either of them to. You know, to, to step up and do something like this. So, I by all means, I'm all in favour of of John White getting on to to this and getting a bit more recognition for what he does already. Well, we've kind of already said our piece about 
Stuart Gilmore. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to bother yeah. opening my mouth because the, the thing is, like the, the people that have bought in to to some of the stuff <coughs> he's been spouting, we are never going to change our minds because, like, he was once a chairman and he saved the club, and therefore whatever he says is right and whatever we say is wrong because we have some sort of vendetta and everything like that. It, it is tiresome, um, like. Uh, you aren't going to change your mind no matter what we say I, ju- I just don't think it's the right move I don't think how Smyza have went about or people at Smyza have went about it has been the, the, the correct way it's just it's just. I mean, I think with four with four open spots you know, I think it's pretty guaranteed that he's going to mm-hmm. he's going to go on and I think you know all the all the the suggestion is that he just wants to do that for a short amount of time. So, two years from now, I hope that Stuart Gilmore isn't on the Smyza board. And that'll either be because he's come in, there was an issue, and he's been best placed to solve it, and he's done what he had to do, and he's moved on. Or this has all been overblown, and it wasn't needed anyway, and he can move on. And regardless, either if, way, if it was the second one, it will be the first one that will be getting spouted, because, I mean, the man needs his PR and his ego stroked and um, that's it that's the, the thing that annoys me as well is people tweeting saying he's got no intention of going on the board of directors for Smyza he's got no intention for this and you know for a fact when when he makes that move or if he makes that move these people will backtrack and say well it's because like it's, he's yes. doing this because of what he's seen and he needs to fix it and like that that's the thing it's just it's blind and someone it's without just, making your own... It's the whole shite about... Oh, he's, a, he's a big... He's a, he cares more about Superman than anybody. You kind of just have a competition on who, like, what super fan backs Stuart Gilmore the most. Like, it is what it seems to be. It does seem to be a lot of the kind of super fan lot that, mm-hmm. that Gilmore's managed to get on side. And fair play to him. That's what you do. You run a successful campaign to get on somewhere. You, you do need the backing and He's obviously got his wee pals that he meets with in the pub that are doing quite a lot of work as well for him. So, like, fair play to him. Listen, he'll, he'll probably get on. It's it's not what we want. I, I've said my piece on it, which quite clearly seemed to upset a lot of folk. Like, aye, you're not going to change my mind. I think, it's, I think it's the wrong move. He'll get on. I'll disagree with most of the stuff that he'll do. I, I do agree that with a wee bit that he says that someone does need to be a wee bit stronger with the board which aye fair enough that, that's a good point I would maybe just rather it wasn't him that was doing it mm-hmm. I think he probably recognises that as well and it's not necessarily a personal thing he just did it no, for a no long chance. time and, and you're going to if you do that for a job for that long time you're going to make right decisions you're going to make wrong decisions and people are going to have their opinions based on that you know it, it is um, what it is and I if it gets on, I hope I hope it's for the best. I'm absolutely not sitting here hoping that Aye, it all crashes and burns and all the rest of it. If he's <laughs> if he's sitting on some piece of information that turns out to be correct and needs sorted and there needs to be a bit more stronger you know, a bit of a stronger role from Smyza and, and holding whoever it is that he thinks it is that needs to be held to account, then, you know, best of luck. I, if that's the case then best of luck. We do need someone to go and do that. I'm not as convinced that that's the no, uh, de- definitely not. Yeah. But I just, I, I just, I just hope it works out well for 
the club because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And no, no. Yeah, I just want to see the young guys gone. I just, I just think I'm so, so impressed by two guys who are willing to, to step up and put themselves in front of. You know, you've seen what the reaction's been like talking about, you know, like Gilmer and all the rest of it. It's, it's not that much of a stretch to imagine that you know it will get turned on them at some point for no, motivations or whatever it. else. And you know, as soon as you step up for you know just three and a half thousand. 4,000 season ticket holders, there's you know, over a thousand members of Smiza. You're then accountable to people, and people think they have a demand on your your time. And, and for two guys that are what, 22, 23, to be like, yeah, I'll put my hand up, I'll go and do something. I just think that's so, so impressive, and it, it should be rewarded. I think that you get guys like that involved now, 20 years from now, the club's in a much healthier state. For and I think the, the whole sort of new outlook of the club, the way it's been with looking towards the community, a lot more community based, a lot more supporter engaged, this yeah. feeds into that 100%. And like, I think it'd be sad if that never happened to allow essentially a dinosaur back on with who has a smoking just, gun that he refuses to show anybody. It's just going to cause division mm-hmm. that doesn't need that just. Uh, we don't we don't need more division and people are really kidding themselves on if they think that having I think I think it's pretty well documented that Gordon Scott and like Gilmore don't really got on. Mm-hmm. I think that was kinda apparent before Gordon Scott left all the years ago. Like I just it's just gonna cause unnecessary friction. You're putting on a guy who's got an obvious agenda with with the kibble. I mean, he's, he's built his he's built his wee campaign on the back yet. Like, kind of been a bit anti kibbling That's just, um, sorry to interrupt, Sam, but that just just while it's it's fresh, that's one thing I, I do have an issue with. In that, you've got a guy standing to go onto the Smizer board with the stated aim of reducing that the kibble stake when the kibble stake was essentially agreed as part of a referendum of mm-hmm. Smizer members for, that yeah. was voted exactly. So unless that's going to be put to a fan vote. I don't think that's the kind of thing that should be getting managed out and, and changed. I think the fans voted full knowledge of what they were voting for for that. Aye, and I think you need to be very careful about running that platform unless you intend to ask the fans again. Aye, I think if he's like if you're wanting to do that, then I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what his personal finances are like, but put your own money up. Like, don't use our money for something that we we all voted in. And that's nothing. Obviously, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying that the kibble have got everything right, but. I don't think they're the, the villains that they're painted out to be. They've got, by they've got a lot right. They ruffled some feathers because they came into the club and saw some things weren't do, being done properly. And they, and they essentially got rid of them. Maybe they probably could have done it a bit better, but the outcome was for the club. That's essentially it in the long run. And we're seeing the long-term benefits of this. That, that's it. But like, before, like we may as well, like we said we'd only talk about this briefly and we've decided to... Not like um, we'll move on from and before we leave. I know Dave Cormack's not actually here and he wasn't meant to make an appearance, but one tweet came up that we can't just ignore. So, this was Ian Brown's response to Sam when Sam <laughs> tweeted about Stuart Gilmer getting involved would be a backward step. So, this is um, from uh, Chatterbait fan Ian Brown. Sorry, Sam, but Stuart cares more about our club than anybody I know. When we won the league, I was one of the last to leave the ground. 
I turned at the toilet exit, and a fan broke down in tears when he seen me. We knew what it meant to each other. His name is Stuart Gilmore. Like, see, at the end of the, the end of that day when we won the league, I wasn't having, I wasn't worried about having a competition about who was the biggest fan. I was worried about sprinting around at the pub to celebrate with my pals. Like, it's like, yeah, I'm the biggest fan. I was the last to leave. I just and I bumped into the other biggest fan who was in tears. Do you know what? Like, everybody listen, cheered. Ian's Ian is like absolutely submitting daft. Like he's one of he's one of the like, most recognisable Sutmer fans. He's at every game. I mean, he absolutely loves the club, but it's just not relevant how much mm-hmm. Stuart Gilmore loves the club. Like it's not it's not really relevant to me. Like no, you wouldn't have Derek Superfan in running the club, would you? Aye, I would. <laughs> <laughs> just just for a just for a week or two. It, it's just it's just irrelevant mm-hmm. to me to be honest. Like. I, I, I think going. You look at all at the best run clubs in the world. Bet none mean, of them. I would say like, none of their board members support their team. Like, the thing is, you've got to look at like the most St. Martin daft person who loves the club so much. You, you cannot deny that person wouldn't be like Tony Fitzpatrick, and he had a, a, a control, and it didn't work. Like, um, and uh, I'm not saying those two are related, but that, I, that I follow. Was, I follow St. Martin up and down the country. Every week, I barely miss a game. I am an absolute numpty, and you wouldn't have me in charge. Like, <laughs> fair enough, Gilmore's obviously got 18 years of being the chairman of a, a Premiership football team behind him, but man, it's in the past, man. Like, I don't think he's the right guy for what the club are going to try and do. I think it will just bring unnecessary division. Mm-hmm. I've said my piece, we'll talk about it again when the vote's finished. I just hope it doesn't again, but that's what it is. But yeah, thanks again for listening. Miseryhunters.co.uk, patreon.com forward slash miseryhunters, £3 a month gets you into so much more. Um, I mean, the Discord's the place to be. Aye, gets you to speak to us, which is worth the three quid alone. So. <laughs> read the BBC on a Tuesday. Yeah, read the BBC on a Tuesday. Um, Mark's got a blog up there at the moment I think it's mostly going to be Mark at the moment Yeah I think Andrew's definitely going to be involved but not while he's getting married and, and disappearing off so unless one of you guys wants to spew some I mean, I th- nonsense I, next I, week I'll do it again I do have a degree in journalism but I don't think I've written anything in about 10 years so to actually <laughs> it kind of scares me a little so I might keep away from it for just a wee bit but I um, would what to write so I'll leave you as lads to that I am shamelessly added writer and podcaster to my LinkedIn last week so (laughs) I will take another BBC writing credit when it's offered don't worry about that there we go thanks for listening and uh, fuck Alex Ray fuck Alan Muir fuck fucking hell I didn't even fuck Dougie Emery I didn't get my words out there (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.